Hey everyone, it's Copeland Bell, your historical housekeeper. Welcome to Polish and Scream, where I document the historic homes I clean and the strange things that happen in them. This podcast is for mature audiences only. No little ears should be listening. So get nice and cozy, and let me tell you a story. Episode 9 It was a rare day off, and I was hopping out of my Jeep when my phone buzzed. So you met my grandmother, Diver texted. I smiled as I responded, yes, David, I did. Three little bubbles popped up immediately. I knew you weren't going to let that one go. David is my given name, but everyone except my grandmother calls me Diver, he responded. How'd you get the name Diver, then? I texted. Those three dots taunted me for several long seconds. Why don't I tell you the story after dinner this Saturday? I carried a smile on my face for a long time after that. I shook my head to break my post-conversation haze, realizing I'd been standing in a parking lot, thinking and daydreaming for a tad longer than was socially acceptable. I wasn't sleeping well. Nightmares plagued me. My dreams were different, but always contained the same awful themes. A beautiful woman, always dressed in a red robe, dying in horrific ways. Sometimes she was falling, other times she lay on the bathroom floor, bleeding from her stomach. It was awful and weird and gross. Most nights, I'd wake up in a pool of sweat around 3 a.m. It was far too easy for me to get sidetracked these days, with fatigue and caffeine competing for my attention. Luckily, I found that no one was staring at me as the quaint downtown area bustled with afternoon activity. Oakton was full of meandering brick sidewalks, and one just happened to lead to my destination, the Oakton Public Library. The library looked quite ordinary from the outside. Situated on a sleepy side street off the main downtown drag, the small one-story brick building with flower gardens and benches on the side yard looked cute but traditional. As you entered, the checkout desk greets you, followed by rows upon rows of neat, tidy books and a few computer stations. However. If you walk towards the back, things become a little bit more spectacular. Along the entire back wall resides an enormous wall of windows, giving the illusion of a solid sheet of glass stretching the length of the library. This provides a breathtaking view of the downtown park and adjacent forest land. I like to snag a large armchair in the back and slog through some paperwork while taking in the view. Today, however, I was on a mission to pick up a few books from Reserve before researching some town history. Two romance novels and one guide to American homes I'd been dying to get my hands on were waiting on me. But Miss Darby, the librarian, was nowhere to be found. I bounded the corner on a mission to find her when I ran smack into a tall redhead with enormous tortoiseshell glasses. Papers exploded from her arms as we collided, raining down to form a small circle of chaos around us. Shit! she exclaimed loudly, immediately crouching down to pick up the papers. I'm so sorry, I said, bending down to help her. It's fine, just an accident, she said, rising to stand while tidying the papers. It's my fault, really. I was so focused on finding the librarian, I wasn't watching where I was going. 
I said, trying to gracefully distance myself from the scene of the crime by inching away. Well, you found her. How can I help you? The tall redhead replied. You're the librarian? What happened to Miss Darby? I said with surprise. The older librarian, Miss Darby, was not one of my favorite people. She was rude and demeaning of book choices and clicked her tongue every time I checked out young adult fiction. She retired and moved closer to her grandkids or something. Poor kids. I'm new, Dakota Bloom. Nice to meet you, she said, holding out her hand for a quick handshake. I laughed and said, Copeland Bell, I'm kind of new around here too. Dakota was not a stereotypical librarian like I'd become accustomed to in high school or with Mrs. Darby. She wore leopard ankle boots, tight-fitting black cigarette pants, and a deep forest green cashmere v-neck sweater. Her long, flowing red hair was pulled to one shoulder, giving off the appearance of a modern-day Greek goddess. Her style stood in stark contrast to my boyfriend Jean's wrinkled white button-up shirt and ballet flats. So, how can I help you? Dakota said, looking at her watch. Oh, um, I just need to check out a few books on reserve, and I wanted to see if you could point me in the direction of some information on Oakton history, I said. Gotcha, she replied, leading me towards the front pickup desk. So you're new here, where are you staying? I said, while watching her fingers glide across the keyboard. Right now I'm renting an apartment across town, Oakton Terrace, she responded. That's where I live, I said, nearly shouting from excitement. Whoa, calm down there, Copeland, she grinned, handing me my books. And I must say, your taste in books is absolutely horrible, I know, I said, cutting her off with practiced irritation. Uh, no. I was going to say awesome. I love historical romance, she said, beaming. From there, we fell into easy conversation. Dakota had moved here fresh out of school. She'd worked in banking for several years before deciding to go back to school to become a librarian. She'd chosen Oakton because of its proximity to her parents in Maine. When I told her about my cleaning company, she'd peppered me with questions about the homes while she selected a few town history books for me to peruse. When I glanced down at my watch, I realized that an hour had gone by. Want to grab a drink after I close up? Dakota asked. That would be great. How about at Tulips down the street? Sure. We're closing up in 30 minutes. Mind hanging close by? Nope. I'll be in the back reading by the window. Stay away from that window, Dakota said sternly, her smile now gone. Why? I asked curiously. I loved the view from the window. I couldn't fathom how anyone wouldn't. Dakota's mouth formed a straight line of silence. After a few awkward seconds ticked by, she said, I'll tell you about it after a drink or two. Let me finish up a few things and we'll head out. I walked to the back of the library, wondering why she was being so dramatic about a window. The view from it was breathtaking. It was December, and the evergreen forest stood, swaying gently in the frigid breeze. The small white gazebo, centered in the large park field, was crowded with children running and jumping off the stairs. I cozied up in an armchair and soon became bored out of my mind with town history. The reality of research was far less glamorous than the movies made it out to be. After a welcome tap on my shoulder from Dakota, I quickly packed up. After locking up, Dakota and I walked a few blocks to Tulips, the it spot in town. Everyone came here, and despite not having many friends in town yet, the owner called out my name warmly when I entered. Copeland, so glad to see you. Come, come, seat at the bar? Joe said with a huge smile. Actually, can we snag a booth? I said, motioning to Dakota behind me. Dakota Bloom, nice to meet you, Dakota said with a wave. Ah, the new librarian. Welcome, welcome. 
We don't get many newcomers to town, and now we have two. First round is on the house tonight, ladies, Joe said with a wink as he escorted us to the secluded booth near the back. Dakota and I both ordered beers and fried pickles. Are people here always this nice? Dakota whispered suspiciously after Joe left. (laughs) I wish. No, Joe's just a good guy. We chatted about our apartment building, our recent moves, and our shared affinity for true crime before I finally asked about the window. Ugh, I knew you were going to bring that up. It's a lot. Are you sure you want to get into it? Dakota said after taking a sip of her beer. Not if you don't want to talk about it, I said with a shrug. But secretly, I wanted to know. Fine, but if you can't sleep tonight, that is not on me. She responded with a wicked grin, then continued. I started a little over a month ago at the library. You've seen it. It looks like a builder-grade 60s library. But that window, the view. Even for a cynical person like me, it was beautiful. I found myself wandering over to that area to tidy and shelve often. It's a pretty cushy gig at the library. That Miss Darby, she was a piece of work, but she left the library in good condition. There are a few programs I need to revamp, but that's another topic. Anyway, I like to work late most nights, so I found myself in one of those comfy chairs with my laptop, working until it was dark outside. Of course, once the sun set, there was no view, but those chairs, so comfy. I did this for about two weeks, working late until 9 or 10 p.m. Last week, the week of the early snow we got, I was wrapping up later than I'd hoped. I knew the storm was coming and I hadn't put on my snow tires yet. I was gathering up my paperwork when I heard a squeaking sound. It took me a few seconds to place it, but it was coming from right outside the window. I couldn't see out. The lights inside created a glare. Thinking it was an animal or something, I cupped my hands against my eyes and pressed my face against the glass. I wish I hadn't done that. I saw a shadow of a person darting back towards the gazebo. Someone was spying on you, I said with a wary frown. See, that's what I thought too, but I went outside and I didn't see any footprints in the snow. It was the weirdest thing, Dakota said with a shrug. You went outside, in the dark, after seeing someone run away? I asked, unable to keep the shock out of my voice. Of course I did. I don't like being messed with. And besides, I had my pepper spray. I'm sorry, I just... I think I'm brave too, but I think I would have just scooted on out to my car, I said with a laugh. Well, I did leave, but on my way out, I took a lap around the building. Didn't see a damn thing. I decided right then and there that the next night, I would camp out in the dark and get a better view of that creep. But when I got to the library in the morning, I changed my mind. My morning rounds include turning on all the lights and doing a lap of the library. It gives me a calm and grounded start to the day. When I turned the corner from the back shelves, I was horrified. Written in mud on the outside of the window was a simple word, unwelcome. Dakota continued before I could get a word in. I marched right out there with a bucket of water and washed it off. Can you imagine if a child had seen that? It looked like something out of a fucking psychological thriller, like Glenn Close would jump out from behind a stack or something. After I removed it, I checked the security cameras we do have. Of course, nothing was trained at the back end. I fixed that. Went to the hardware store, got a trail cam, and mounted it right where that fucker had finger-painted. Dakota, that's pretty genius. Did you catch them on camera? I'm getting there, she said with a wave of her hand. That night, I decided I was going to act normal, hang out by the back window again with my laptop, but sit near the light switch. 
I waited, trying desperately to get some work done, but truthfully my heart was racing with every sound I heard. Even the heat kicking on caused me to jump a little. I wasn't scared, more like coursing with adrenaline from wanting to catch the asshole. So when I heard that familiar squeaking, I dove into action. I turned out the lights and went straight up to that window. There she stood in all of her glory. A short, older woman staring back at me. An old woman? I gasped. Somehow that was even more horrifying to me. Oh yeah, she reminded me of Sophia from the Golden Girls. Big poofy white hair, round glasses, and everything. She just stood there for a moment, a crooked smile stretched across her face. She kept writing whatever message she had decided to leave for a few more seconds, until she realized she'd been caught. She stiffened and started to take off. Well, she tried to. But I was ready for her and bolted out the back door. Even in high heels, I can catch up to a 77-year-old woman, Dakota said. You caught her? Who was she? I asked. You're never going to believe this. I won't name names, but it was Mrs. Darby's best friend. No way, I said, nearly choking on a fried pickle. Oh yeah, apparently she didn't like the way I'd been handling some of the librarian's picks. Said they were too racy for the town. At this, Dakota held her head back and cackled. If only she could see my personal collection. That's crazy, did you call the police? I asked. Oh, I didn't involve them. We came to an understanding. She will be allowed to visit the library on certain days, but she is never to fuck with me again. I think that was more than generous of you. I can't believe it. You know, actually I can. Mrs. Darby is awful, and I'm not surprised that her best friend is the same. So did you keep the trail cam footage as evidence? Dakota's smile faded, and she eyed me for several long seconds. Well, sort of. That's where things get weird. I raised my eyebrows, wondering what this old woman had been up to besides finger-painting. So, of course, from our confrontation, I immediately went home and reviewed the footage on my laptop. I want to show you. Promise me you won't think I'm crazy, okay? I promise I'll keep an open mind, I said honestly. Dakota took out a MacBook from her leather work bag and pulled up a black-and-white video. The still shot was paused on a scene behind the back of the library. The shot was fixed on the long window, with a row of mulch and some small boxwoods next to it in the background. From there, you could see the large, expansive field leading to the gazebo that was out of the frame. It was evening, and the picture was in shades of bright white, gray, and a fuzzy black. Just watch the whole thing before commenting, she said, pressing play. Leaning forward in the booth, I watched the video closely. A tiny older woman with white, poofy hair stalked up to the library window. Her small, round glasses reflected white in the camera. She walked over to the window and looked inside. She stepped back and crouched behind a small bush in the mulch and waited for a few moments. She was clearly watching Dakota, and this sent goosebumps up and down my arms. This was stalker behavior. The woman stood up slowly and started inching towards the window. She had a small pail in her hand and began dipping her fingers into it and writing on the glass. The library lights winked out, and the old woman staggered back. Dakota entered the frame like a cheetah, quickly and quietly. She stood in front of the woman, her hands on her hips and her back to the camera. Dakota must have said something because the older woman whipped her head around and staggered back. The two exchanged words. I could tell that Dakota wasn't giving her an inch. At first, the white-haired woman appeared to argue, but then her head began to sag the longer the conversation went on. 
Dakota motioned towards the trail camera, and the woman looked directly at it and slowly nodded her head with shock. I had to giggle a little bit. Dakota wasn't kidding. She really did make sure they had come to an understanding. The two women walked away and went out of the frame as they turned the corner of the library. Just as I was about to look up at Dakota and comment on the whole exchange, something rippled in the background of the footage. In the field beyond the library, a long, dark shape began to move. I had assumed it was a tree, for it was a constant, still shape in the background of the entire exchange between the two women. Not now, though. Now the shape moved closer to the camera, stopping abruptly just before coming into complete focus. It snapped to all fours and began crawling, its elbows jutting out awkwardly. I grimaced and pulled away from the screen instinctively. It looked like an animal, but as it raised its body back into standing position, my stomach flipped as I realized it was a person in a long, dark cloak. I looked up at Dakota and locked eyes with her. She pointed back down towards the screen. What the hell? I murmured, now pulling the screen closer to me as if it would help me better understand what was happening. This person was now striding towards the window, almost as if they were hovering above the ground. Their long, dark cloak hid not only their face, but also their limbs. They got within a few feet of the library window when they slowly extended a hand out. The figure hovered there for a few more seconds before crouching to all floors and crawling backwards into the shadows. I managed to raise my eyes from the screen, only to be met with another as Dakota held out her phone. I glanced down at it, still chilled from the way that person crawled on their hands and feet. My eyes widened when I realized I was looking at a picture of the library window. There was an enormous starburst of broken glass, starting at the center of the pane and expanding out to the edges like a spider web. When did that happen? I asked, knowing the answer already. When do you think? She said, raising an eyebrow and pulling the phone away. I think you caught something you weren't supposed to see, I said. No shit, said Dakota, folding her arms across her chest. Every time I see this, I get really angry. I move to this idyllic small town and work at a library. A library, Copeland. I work to strengthen the community. Then I find this? What, all because I chose to put certain books in the library and picks section? I'm not entirely sure the two incidents are related. It doesn't make sense, I responded, feeling pretty sure the old lady and the creepy crawler were not friends. Either way, it's had the opposite effect. I'm staying, and I'm going to install a new security system around the library. We're going to catch these assholes, Dakota said with a sly smile. We? I cocked my head. Oh, come on, you know we're going to be friends. We're both new here, in our 30s, and by the way you responded to this footage, both of us are no stranger to creepy shit. You know you want to help out. Something weird is going on here. You're right there. That's why I was at the library doing some research, I said. Oh, really? Dakota leaned in and stared at me. Well, I may have experienced a few things in some client homes. Dakota abruptly got up, walked over to the bar, and grabbed two more beers. Setting them down on the table, she pushed one towards me and said, Now spill it. So I cautiously told her one story about Haskell House, only because it was the one that had terrified me the most. Holy shit! Where the hell did we move? Silent Hill? She said with a shake of her head. We've got to figure this out. I laughed and said, Ooh, can we be like the Scooby crew? No, deadpan Dakota. What about the investigating divas? I added. No, 
She responded with a firm shake of her head. Fine. What is your idea for a name, Dakota? We don't need a name. We're just two intrigued women, she said, exasperated. Two intrigued women it is, I said, egging her on. No, that's not what I meant, she said, slapping her palm to her forehead. Oh, I know, but I'm still making us shirts, I laughed. Later that night, I opened the door to my small studio apartment. While I loved the sense of accomplishment cleaning homes gave me, it left little time to work on my own. Books were strewn around the entire room, and dishes were piled neatly in the sink from the morning. Instead of tending to them, a sense of urgency pulled me to the small corner closet by my bed. I opened the door and fumbled for the string light switch. Stark fluorescent light flooded the small closet. Before me, the map of Oakton was hung. I carefully got out a red pen from the plastic container, found the location of the library on the map, and sunk the pen deep into the wall. I took a step back and stared at the map. To me, each pen represented an experience. But as a whole, no discernible pattern was emerging. Not yet, anyway. Frowning, I tugged on the string and shut the door. It was late and time for another restless night of sleep. The dreams never let up. I wonder how she'll die tonight, I thought with a shiver. Thank you for listening to Polish and Scream. We are very happy to be back for the month of October. Polish and Scream is created by M. Dawson with support from Becca Rhodes. If you enjoy listening to Polish and Scream, please consider giving us a good review. It really does help get the word out there about us. And if you'd like to get in touch, please shoot us an email at polishandscreampodcast at gmail.com.